Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep. All right, folks, welcome back to GDP Go Deep the Podcast. Actually, I should say the world-famous Go Deep the Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest. We're going to be doing one of our quick episodes. Um, this bro host wanted to make sure that you got caught up on your race day minutes. But more importantly, let's call it raw gas. What do you think about that, mofo? Raw gas is better than raw ass. I will take it. <laughs> you know, um, happy, some... <laughs> uh, happy as always to be here with everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to our, uh, our little shit show we got going on here. Yes, and, sir. And, uh, we are ready to uh, put this little bit together again for you. Um, I, I don't know who was able to see the the double last week in there. We had the Indy 500, uh, 105th running of it, which was pretty cool. Um, amazing fan attendance. Uh, anyone that got to see, they were saying approximately 130,000 on hand between infield and in the stands is what they were saying. Uh, speaking only, I, I've been to the track and and only on my opinion, of course, is I felt like there was maybe a little overestimated with that number. I was thinking maybe in the 95,000 range. Uh, definitely a, a lot of people, though, a good showing. A lot of people outside, so maybe that's where they were factoring in some of these numbers. But uh, just really good to see people getting back to the racetrack, fans in the stands in, in any sporting capacity, which is really good. And uh, hopefully we're uh, getting our way out of the, uh, the this COVID shit. But uh, we had the double, so we had the Indy 500, and then we had the Coca-Cola 600. So, uh, full day of motorsports there, and I'm sure anyone that uh, had their ass glued to the couch, their uh, their spouse was probably pretty pissed by the end of the day, but hey, that's racing, right? Well, as long as they were handing them a beer, too, then there's no reason they can be upset with them. <laughs> can never go wrong with a drink in the hand. I will uh, I will agree with you there. Don't you, uh, I... don't you hand your wife a... Uh... What is it? A white claw when she's watching 90 Day Fiance? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I we, got nowhere, we got nowhere else to go but up, folks. <laughs> so, um, anyone that didn't see it or if you've been living under a rock, Helio Castro Nevis uh, winning his fourth. That was beautiful. Um, really, really uh, heartfelt. So he joins the history books there. Um, winning his fourth Indianapolis 500. Uh, Great racing, great passing. I was really impressed. Uh, the, the one thing I noticed, though, is anyone that did watch, is we had a number of pit road accidents. And I just want to highlight anyone that, when you're watching on TV, I think sometimes you, you forget the, the close quarters, if you will, of how wide pit road is. It, it, when you're actually, if you've ever been to a racetrack, most times before you go out on track, you are able to actually walk the track or before the race, I mean, they let the fans on the track, or they used to, I should say. And Indianapolis is no different than a lot of other tracks, um, but it's just the, the narrowness, and there was a number of times where uh, crew members, that, you know, they're still jumping in front of the car, still doing their thing to service their race team's car, and there's other cars uh, spinning out, getting in wrecks. So just want to shout out to the, the guys and girls that uh, – you know, do the service on these vehicles, race cars, sorry, uh, while they are on track. It, it's a, oh. a 
I think it's it's one of those things. I don't think the average person really thinks too much about the uh, the pit crew. So I'm not sure, John, if you were aware of this or not, but we had a predominantly female race team there. Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'll be honest. I don't terribly know a lot about her. I don't. I've never pretended to really follow in depth IndyCar, other than you know I tiptoe my 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 foot into the water a little bit watching certain races and certain drivers that have crossed over to other sanctioning bodies I keep an eye on. But uh, shout out to Simona. I am going to butcher her last name. <laughs> the Selva Vest. Shout out to Simona. Yeah, um, let's just leave it at that. So, yeah, so the car is owned there by Beth Peretta. Um, 70%, I believe, they were saying there in the Indianapolis 500 that 70% of this team is, is comprised of females. And they were, I believe it was all female pit crew from what I could see. But really cool. I know uh, pre-race they were talking away to her. And... I'm very much advocating for for more females, more girls to get involved in the sport. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Definitely. I know that we have talked about uh, women in racing and women in motorsports in the past. And if anyone is looking to uh, check those out, make sure you scroll back and uh, look through some of those past episodes. We've got some really good stuff there. But, yeah, it was a really good uh, Indianapolis 500. Happy, uh, like I say, for Hilio Castro-Navis to uh, take that win. I had to say, I'm not sure if anyone or if you yourself saw there, John, but when Graham Rahal, um, he, he ended up wrecking on lap 118. And at first I thought, like, oh, he got into it too quickly and uh, car just was, the tires weren't up to temp, car broke loose and uh, into the wall. And upon the replay, they were actually showing that the uh, tire guys, they didn't get the tire quite on tight. It's only a single lug nut center. And, uh, they didn't get on fully, I guess, or, or properly, and uh, ended up coming off in turn two as he as he went to hit full throttle and put him into the wall. And I just want to talk briefly about this for a second. Obviously, anyone that is aware of it saw it. It's already over. It doesn't matter. Old news. But I was watching with my with my wife at the time, and you know, we were. She was just saying, "Well, is he okay?" The way he was sort of hunched over, and then he was up and. Well, I was illustrating to her that, you know, I'm sure there's obviously some discomfort from the wreck, but just the fact that he had been running so well, and then, boom, you have a wreck, and it, you're, you're looking at it, it comes down to a tire. A tire essentially has taken you out of the Indy 500 or your chance to win. He was running really, really well at the time. And so I just want to highlight, I guess, and you see it in all sports, but in my particular case, motorsports, um, the, the raw emotion that is associated with the sport, how hard it is to, to make these fields, the, the number of chances that you really have. And the one thing I personally feel is that when I say the number of chances you have, when you think of, as an example, a hockey game or a baseball game and the number of games that these players, athletes participate or play in, it is astronomically more than it is the, the, like the number of races that uh, typically uh, a race car driver would participate in. Some, not all, of course. There are some exceptions. But you, you really had to feel for them. I, I, I really sat there and I was watching. I guess you could feel the emotion, the pain, um, just of, of what 
what what that felt like, you know, when he got out of the car and, and he sees that it's over. The, the chance to win, you know, is over. I mean, and now some would say, yes, there's always next year, and, you know, you'll you'll get him next year. But uh, I just want to say, like, the, the, the raw emotion that athletes feel in sport and what sport does for us to make us feel good. So just wanted to highlight that. I, I really did feel for him. But, I love uh, those moments of raw emotion. I see him every day when I see I see you coming in your home and I'm leaving. <laughs> well, it, I always feel better, though, to be honest, after I've put my foot right up your ass. So it, it always uh, comes around full circle, and uh, I always end up feeling much better about it, John. So. <sighs> but uh, skipping over more to my wheelhouse, NASCAR. We're talking NASCAR this weekend, guys. Anyone that got to see the Coca-Cola 600 last weekend, what a treat. Absolutely phenomenal racing. Hats off. I know we have talked about Kyle Larson in the past, and this gentleman has really proven himself. He's really got the ship turned around, doing phenomenal for Hendrick Motorsports. And Kyle Larson taking the win, uh, led just a phenomenal amount of of laps, uh, good car control, pit stops are on point. This kid is going to be a championship contender, I think, for this season. And and I just want to highlight what a turnaround from a year over year. So, you know, keeping no to a positive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just by keeping to a positive note, um, you know, Kyle is really, uh, he, I think he's really grown. He's matured. He's still running the world of outlaw. He's doing NASCAR. I mean, this guy is just a wheel man, absolute wheel man. I would can put him in the, the, the short conversation of, say, an A.J. Foyt. I'd rank him in there with Kyle Busch just about the, how many different race cars, styles of racing this guy will do, the frequency and duration of time that he is racing. Uh, I think we are really watching something special when we watch Kyle Larson race, and that is regardless of what sanctioning body you are, are watching him in. So I just want to say that, put that out there. I know at times I have been harsh on him, uh, but I just, for the positive, this, this kid is really turning it up. Beautiful. And, oh, absolutely. And turning it up, like, for Hendrick Motorsports. So anyone that missed Dover, uh, Dover and Charlotte, I mean, these guys put it together, like, four cars, top five, absolutely uh, phenomenal finish back in Dover. I, I can't recall if we mentioned that or not, but to have uh, such good consistency right now, going through the midpoint of the season, like this is really what the teams need because this is going to be ultimately they're going to draw from when it comes time to the chase. So good Coca-Cola 600. It was, again, good to see some fans back in the stands. I have had the opportunity once again to have, I have attended, I should say, sorry, Charlotte Motor Speedway, and it's always nice to see fans in the stand. It's a very local track for all the race teams. So a lot of the, the crew members that, I say crew members, I mean like the fabricators, the mechanics, the, the guys at the shops, they're able to go to Charlotte because it's so close. And uh, it's good to see a lot of fans there, people. It was, it was a good heartfelt race. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the Coke 600. Great racing, as I said. But we are, uh, that was last weekend. This weekend coming, guys, we are going racing in Sonoma. John's Sonoma. favorite place. Yes. Sounds like an armpit. Tell me more about Sonoma. 
Well, that's that's why I said your favorite place. No, we are. <laughs> I thought that was guys, Oklahoma. Going, no, this is uh, Sonoma, California, wine country. That's why it's John's favorite place. Oh. But uh, yeah, so we got a road course. Road I think it's gonna be again great racing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd catch that one. <laughs> oh, There's no safe zone, is there? Nope. Safe word is harder. Oh. <laughs> so we got Sonoma but, this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we got Sonoma this weekend. That's gonna be really good. It's. Uh, I always enjoy road course racing. Now the irony of it is, is I like watching the the Cup cars, the NASCAR guys on a road course. And people would say, well, why? That they're not running as fast as a Formula One car or some of this other stuff. I like watching these heavy body cars. You know, the, the, the chassis flex and these guys just beating and banging. And, you know, I don't want to say, I don't like watching race cars getting torn up. I, so I don't mean it like that. But I like watching the cars lean on each other a little bit and the aggression. I find it interesting to watch the developing storylines. Who's going with what pit strategy for tires? Just because there is a definitive difference between road course and oval track for, for the strategy. So. Really looking forward to Sonoma. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to reach out to Astro Moon yet, but I probably should. Hold on, I hold on, hold on, hold on. I got the reading. Uh, just watch the damn thing and don't make bets on her, her predictions. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> all right, so I've, uh, I've sold the house. Don't tell the wife, and we're putting all the money oh, on these three picks. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to say, here's, here's going to be Mofo's picks going into Sonoma. I don't think he can go wrong with a Chase Elliott. He's been running consistent. He always does well at road courses. I am certainly going to be watching to see Chase Elliott, I think, take the W this weekend in Sonoma. Second place, I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. How do you turn away Martin Truex Jr.? Well, I know Gibbs has had a little bit of uh, trials and tribulations, especially Martin going back to uh, Circuits of the America, but... I really think that Martin's going to get turned around this weekend. And, of course, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, the aggressor. Um, and, you know, as John always says, no one likes a dirty Bush, right? <laughs> I can't wait to see that shirt on you, bud. I'm still waiting for it. But, yeah, we are, uh, we're We're going to have to make one for sure, right? Yeah, no kidding. So, and uh, to close out this little shindig here, I just want to highlight. I broke this the other day, and I, I found this really exciting. And I say broke, I mean, it, uh, we're in NASCAR silly season, guys, so take it all with a grain of salt. Everyone, everyone knows something and knows nothing all in the same thing. No one can confirm or, or every, you know, it's all up in the air, right? Yeah. So in silly season now with 2311, uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan's uh, new team, uh, they made it no secret they do want to go to a second team or a two-car operation, as I like to call it. But uh, they've yet to name a potential driver or who that might be. But there's a lot of strong uh, rumor swirling around that we might see Kurt Busch maybe end up in that ride. And I just want to say, I think uh, Kurt has really matured over the last eight, ten years. Obviously, as most people do, they mature as they get older. But um, not me. I think Kurt, well, of course, not you, everyone but you. But, no, I, I think Kurt really would be a great uh, mentor there for Bubba Wallace or Daryl Wallace Jr. I think if he can bring sponsorship over, that would be key. 
he's had monster energy with him there for a while. So I think if we can bring monster over to that team, I mean, Hey, honestly, I think Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, I think right there, like they've got names that sponsors don't mind getting behind. So it's a potential, but I just want to highlight that, uh, I think it'll be really good. I think seeing Kurt on the move, I, I feel like it would be a side step. I don't think it would by any means be a backwards step in terms of going from Ganassi over to a Toyota Toyota car. Okay. And funny fact is that he's never raced a Toyota before. So if he is able to, if he ends up making this move, and again, he did have restrictions within his contract that he couldn't talk to other teams, I believe, before June the 1st. So... You know, Good thing we're past June the first. Well, now, well, now we're past, and that's what I mean. Is like so. It remains to be seen as if this will go through or not. But if it uh, goes through and uh, Kirk ends up over there at twenty three eleven racing, it could be very interesting. And uh, then at least you know he he's had the opportunity to drive every manufacturer of cars. So likewise with that, he's going to bring a you know quite a bit of information to the the new team and be able to tell them you know what the what he's learned from the other manufacturers, other teams, and so on and so forth. So it uh, remains to be seen, but uh, we will follow this developing story and uh, keep you all posted. Excellent. Mofo, um, I'm always thankful for your uh, raw grass. (laughs) Raw gas. I don't know why I said grass. Um, Episodes. This is number two of your race day uh, recordings. Just wanted to uh, quickly say thank you. Uh, it's always a pleasure, John. I'd uh, I'd like to thank everyone that has been uh, helping us through all this, helping us uh, with the downloads, buying our shirts and merchandise. We really appreciate it, and thank you again for uh, listening. And always remember to uh, well, not just a tip, folks. Make sure you go right balls deep. <laughs> remember always go deep. Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep.